0: And I want you just to be aware of it. Is the days of predicting God and putting him in a box is over. You're just not going to be able to do it anymore. God's going to, and here's what we were talking. I was talking to my friend down here and I was like, man, God broke in on us. And here's the problem with that statement is, is why should a man break into his own house? That just shows where the church is at, that God has to break into his own house. So God is moving us, he's transitioning us out of this this place of of that this is our house that we open the door and let God come into every once in a while. Like, like that's over. That's over. This is his house. And we're visitors to his house, and we're coming in and getting with his plan and his agenda. And that's just what it is. And so thing, when things have been going one way a long time, this is just kind of how we write the ship. God's just got to drop these little, we don't even realize it's in our speech. We think we're saying a good thing by God broke in today. Thinking it's his house. He was here before we got here. We came into his place. So God's, God's shifting some things. And I want you to be prepared for it. That God's got destiny on every human life. He's got destiny on every human life. Everybody that's here, you have destiny on you. But there's a point to where you're born and where you're in this place of destiny. Where you get to the destination of the place that God's taken you to. And the only reason why there's distance between the place of destiny placed in you and then the destination that you're getting to is on the journey every crooked place has to come out of you. The only reason for the journey is to know the Lord more and for every crooked place to be removed. Okay? So the only reason why there's a a distance between point A and point B is that there's certain things in you that have attached themselves to you that cannot be in that place when you get there. So God will put every obstacle in front of you on the journey until you deal with the thing that has attached itself to you but that is not of you. There's a reason why Jacob wrestled God before he went into the land that God had already given him. (laughs) Is that Jacob crosses the Jabbok River. You know what Jabbok means? Crooked. That you have to cross the place where you lay down every deception and crookedness that is in you if you're going to enter into the place that God has for you. This is just what God put on my heart. Jacob was in a place. Man, he was in a place. God prophesies over him, gives him a promise. He goes and works uh, with his uncle. For 20 years, he gives his life to his uncle. He works for seven years to marry the daughter, and he's married one day and wakes up another day with another woman. (laughs) Married to one, wakes up with another. He then has to work another seven years to get the bride that he's wanted. His wages get changed 10 different times based upon his uncle's shiftiness. But here's the reality here. Are you ready? Is that Jacob started out shifty and deceptive. And so the only thing that's going to pull the deception out of Jacob. It's for him to get a taste of his own medicine. See, see, what has happened to some of us is we've just gotten tastes of our own medicine. <laughs> And it's fun to dish it out, but man, when we get it back, ooh, no thanks. What God is showing you is he's showing you a mirror of what you look like by the way you've been treated so that you can know what it is. That's why Jesus said, take the speck out of your eye, take the log out of your eye before you get the speck out of somebody else's, why? Because the reason you can see the speck in their eye so well is because the filter you're looking through is the log that it's in your own eye. So God's got to remove some logs from our eyes so we start seeing things more clear in our life. So that's all the journey's doing. God's not mad at you. He's not upset at you. He's not judging you. He's not doing these things to you. He's putting obstacles in front of you so that you can deal with your own deception in your own heart. Because that deception can't dwell in the place that God is getting you to. So Jacob gets to the edge of the river and he tries everything in his power to not deal with himself. And that's typically what we do. We do everything in our power to blame everybody else before we deal with what's going on on the inside of us. He even sends his women, his children, his cattle to go meet a brother that's mad at him that he doesn't know what their relationship is. He tries to pacify every single thing by giving all that is his before he gives himself into the situation. So here's these waves of just livestock, family, just, just he's sending it out and God had to get him into a place to send everything away from him, what he thinks is going to solve the problem, actually isolates him where God can have a conversation with him. And Jesus shows up. And he's in such a place, this is the place that Jacob was in, he's in such a place that he can't even recognize Jesus. He starts wrestling with the God who wants to love on him and save him. I don't think Jesus was looking for a fight when he slipped up on Jacob in his worst moment. Like that's not Jesus' heart is to slip up on you. right, I finally got him by myself. Oh, and here's the deal. If Jesus did want to wrestle you, he would kick your tail. Is that appropriate? I don't know. He'd kick your tail, man, if he wanted to. So he shows up just going to throw his arm around him and Jacob is so caught up in his situation that he can't even recognize what God is trying to do in his life. And he starts wrestling God, fighting with God. God, quit trying to come into my life and make it better. Oh, Jesus, leave me alone. I got this in my own strength and in my own power. But there came a moment in Jacob's life, check this out. Jacob quits wrestling and starts clinging. Come up here, Zach. Come up here, Zach. He he goes from, come on, let's lock up. You're from Oklahoma, don't you know about wrestling? He locks up, he goes from this to, I can't win this fight like this. And he goes from, he goes from wrestling to clean you. And Jesus will wrestle you. I'm losing this thing. Jesus will wrestle you as long as you'll want to wrestle. And you know what? You can't out-wrestle Jesus. You don't have the endurance to out-wrestle Jesus. And he'll keep wrestling you to stay engaged with you until you quit fighting him and you start getting a hold of him and saying, okay, I give up. I just embrace you. And as soon as he embraced him, you know what Jesus said? He says, I'm going to bless you. And Jacob goes from having deception, deceit, and guile in his heart to being Israel. To being Israel. See, God doesn't mind wrestling with you. I wrestle with my daughter all the time. But you know what? I'm not worried about my win-loss record when I wrestle with my daughter. Matter of fact, I let her win. Not because she's more powerful, but because my love for her so wants her to be infused with power and destiny that she knows she's got dad's heart and she can beat dad if she wants to. just telling you so God's dealing with some crooked places in our life and let him come close let him deal with them let him deal with them so Jacob crosses the river Jabbok which means crooked he crosses the crooked river and comes out on the other side with a limp Jacob had made his whole life based upon his ability to be cunning and to get over on other people. His whole life's based upon that. That when he got in a jam, he could take off and run. And some of you, when you get in a jam, you take off and you run. You you, got to quit running well I'm embarrassed get over yourself we're all embarrassed quit running so Jacob comes out with a limp that part of the blessing is you can't depend upon your own strength or what worked in the last season what worked at your uncle's house ain't gonna work in God's house can't work in God's house that that's a different kind of strength that's a different kind of thing that God does there so Jacob comes back to the place where he had a dream that there was a connection between heaven and earth and when he comes back to that place God tells him to build an altar there and Jacob Genesis 35 he builds an altar now when he first was there he was sleeping on one pillow was a rock. How tired you got to be to put your head on a rock? No, man, you got to be wore out. Puts his head on his rock, he has a dream. And you know what he does? Is he lifts that rock up and he stands it straight up. And he pours oil on it. <laughs> See, some of you need to change the orientation of things at your house. Where that they quit pointing this way and that way. And they start pointing up towards him and starts giving him glory. <laughs> and he pours oil over this rock and that's as far as it goes and he leaves the rock but he comes back to the place after all that trial after all that fighting after all that stuff he comes back to the place with a limp and he doesn't pour oil on a rock do you know what he does? he builds an altar and the only way because how can you get into a rock? I can't enter into a rock Here's how I can enter into a rock. Pile up some other ones beside it and make a house. So he begins to call this place Bethel, the house of God. But when he builds an altar, do you know what he calls it? El Bethel, the God of the house of God. Because if there's a house, somebody's got to be living in it. God's not content for you to be comfortable in the house without a relationship with the one who is in the house, who built the house, who made the house. So do you know what we are here? We're a bunch of living stones that Peter says that has come together, that has been organized. Some of us has been burnt. Some of us have been chipped. Some of us have been damaged. Some of us have had wind blown on us and erosion and all kinds of water. Some of us come through some floods, but God is stacking up rocks to create a house. Where Where he can dwell and live among us and begin to do some amazing things in our life and in our city and in this church. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. So don't think that this process that's wearing the rough edges off of you is God's mad at you. Is God loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. He loves you too much. He loves you too much to leave you the way he found you. So he's willing to bring everything up to the surface that will embarrass you, that will make you question even who you are. Why? So that everything, every thought of your flesh, everything in you that, that exalts itself would be brought low so that God in his glory could come to the surface and you could be free and you could just begin to walk in this thing that he's got for you. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. God's making a house with just some rocks. God's making a rock house, and you're the rock he's wanting to use. And he's chipping away. I think about David getting those stones, man. He, kept, he grabbed five, and everybody's wanting to know why he grabbed five. You know why I think he grabbed five? is because there was only five in the entire river that were suitable enough to go straight enough to knock out a giant. It wasn't that he just grabbed random five. Is that he looked and only could find five that were willing to stand the process in the river to make them smooth enough to fly through the air straight to knock out giants. So you can't get out of the river right now. You're trying to think of every way to not cross Jabbok because you like those little cunning ways you've got. You like how you can escape and dodge and use your words to fool people and and manipulate them to do what you want to do. God said, we're going to be wrestling if you keep that up. We're going to be wrestling. So why don't you quit wrestling and just lay those things down and say, God, here I am. God, I give it to you. That Jacob enters with a limp. That means God doesn't need your strength to get you to where he's trying to take you to. Matter of fact, he's do anything he can to get you out of your own strength to get you where he's taking you to. So every offense, every hurt, every pain, everything that you've been through, that's just part of the journey so it can make you into the person you need to be before you get to the destination. Because if you get there half-baked, you're gonna tear everything up in the place God had for you. Why would he give you more influence for you to tear everything up and have a bigger stage to fall from? Come on. Come on. That's what God wants to do. He wants to increase your influence. That's going to take some openness, it's going to take a new attitude. Some of us have been using a bad attitude out of the place because we got rejected or hurt. And we use a bad attitude to keep people at a distance so they won't come close. And then we settle in and just say, well, that's just how I am. No, that ain't who you are. Amen. That's who you're choosing to be. That's who you're choosing to be. The word wrestle in the Hebrew, the root word means uh, for dust, like not the dust that, is like on the ground but the dust that like goes up when wind blows right so have you ever been just wearing a shirt and you look clean everything looks good and then somebody goes hey brother and just right you're from oklahoma and you know what it's like to be dusty and dirty you got ca- i mean come on man you've been on the ranch i'm from arkansas dogging yeah. you what's wrong with that come on what's wrong let me take my shoes off yeah hey let's not talk football okay i don't want to talk about that And. Uh, Yeah, so you get hit and just dust. You don't even know what's on you. You don't even know what's on you. That part of the wrestling was to knock off everything that was on him, that was attached to him but was not a part of him. See, there's some things that are not of the same substance that are on you that God's trying to knock off. And he's doing this and that. And you're thinking, man, what in the world's going on to me? And dust is just clouding up everywhere. God's not saying you're dirty. He's saying that doesn't belong on you. That doesn't. It looks like a hit. But really, it's just trying to take care of you and dust you off. Yeah. Go ahead. Just brush that dirt off your shoulder. Go ahead. Come on. I know y'all ain't been saved your whole life. Come on. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. The whole bill of wrestling is just to get off everything on you that doesn't belong to you. And God's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, He's going to get us there. God's so cool. What was that, uh, we're holding hands like we're together or something. What's going on with you, man? What's wrong with you? Uh, no, you did that. You did that. All right, fine. I did it. We were yeah he was being submissive man I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> sorry man not trying to be weird. Uh, so, it's just Lord sorry we can deal with that. We were at uh, a field trip the other day with with Kennedy and we went to this pumpkin farm, and there was a young man there that I mean God was just all over him just young bright dark eyes dark hair just just beautiful young man I won't use his name. And uh, I looked over to him. Em, um, do you remember this? When I was telling you about that, that young man? And I was like, looking over, I was like, man, that kid has just got God all over him. Look at his just brightness. And I'm just just drawn to this young man. And uh, so I just thought, man, that would, that would be cool if we could get him in our, if he was at our church. I just thought that. You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so even the guy that's like the pumpkin master or whoever, the, Whatever the guys are, they're like, they're trying to teach the kids about pumpkins, right? And they're like, anyway, so he's like, where does this come from? That young man stood up in his chair, stuck his chest out, and he said, God! And the pumpkin guy was like, you know, I mean the soil, or like, you know, whatever. this. Anyway, and I thought, man, this guy. So I'm out talking to um, John and Christy outside, and that little boy walked in our church today. That little boy walked in our church. And I thought, man, I need to say more things out loud. So my next thing was, Lord, let Warren Buffett tie through our church. <laughs> Sorry. So this is a lesson that God's teaches. So, so he came in, and his mom came in, and it was just like, I was like, what in the world? This is so cool that God's just, like, showing us things and, like, doing these, like, little cool things, and if we'll honor him in those things, he'll show us even more stuff. He'll show us even more stuff. So here's where God's dealing with me right now, and i am just be transparent with you because we've all got these edges we're working off, we're, you know, that's coming off of us, or dust that we're trying to... Get off of us. And so I was, uh, you ever posture like you're real spiritual and it feels good, but then you're like, then God like convicts you and says, you know who you are, right, without me. It's like one of those deals. And so a friend of mine asked me, hey, man, he's wanting some advice. What, what sermon series is, are you doing? And I was like, <laughs> we don't do series. I don't want to plan ahead and plan God out. <laughs> And I walked away, you know, feeling good. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, conviction. It's like, oh, man. So I apologized to the guy. And then the Lord said, hey, I want you to preach a couple of series Gideon and Jonah. Y'all remember that? Yeah. That was the backstory to those series. Yeah. Is that there's no place too small that you can't let God deal with you in? Because if you're going to get over here to Bethel Or El Bethel You can't enter in with these little things That make you think you're just superior or, the, or whatever it might be It can be a lot of little things So here was my last thing Oh my goodness Okay. So you ever get on your sofa Or on your chair And turn on those TV preachers And just really laugh about how pitiful it is I do that and I had my feet kicked up and they're begging for money and I'm like, oh gosh, here we go, these guys. So I started posturing like I was spiritual. We don't even take up an offering at my church. And the Lord said, Psh. I said, oh God, still some places in there.'" in there? God? So the Lord told me this morning, he told me, <laughs> like, I hate it. I would get so uncomfortable even saying this. But that there was a special anointing on this offering, a special grace on this offering. And that if you put it in the bucket, God's going to honor it with a special grace. And I think he did it to teach me a lesson, but I think he wants to use it as we humble ourselves. I think God exalts that. And I think he wants to bless you through that. So there I said it. Um, That's all I'm going to say about it. But I think there's a special grace on the offering bucket today. uh, That God's trying to teach me that I'm not so big a boy as I think I am. Yeah. Um, And that the son's greatest goal is to represent his father well. And the daughter's greatest goals are to represent the father well. So God's teaching us how to look like the father. And what the father looks like, what he acts like. And that's the, that's the whole end of the whole thing. That's all he wants. He wants you to know your family. That's it. That's it. He just wants to say, hey, look, there's my family. That's it. That's all he's up to. He's not trying to hoodwink you or any of that. The reason why we think that is because we're not letting that deception get out of us yet. So we project that onto God. Everything that you've not let God deal with you on, you'll project that back onto him as if he's doing that to you. Some of you need to wash your father's face off of God the father's face right now. Because he was qualified to make you, but he was not qualified to nurture and raise you. And you need to press into God the Father and let him show you what a real father looks like. Yeah. He'll show you what a real father looks like. He'll love you and he'll nurture you. Zach, we did a good job today, man. We, yeah. we teamed up and preached a double yeah. sermon together, yeah. didn't we? Good. That was good. What I like is you stayed up here. Most people run if, off.
1: I knew if I would have gone down, you would have said, Hey, where are you going? Come on back up yeah. here. Yeah. So I was just waiting. Oh man.
0: <laughs> well I wanna say this. One day you're gonna be preaching from up here, sharing your heart. And uh, who somebody confirmed that? The
1: Lord told me that there are multiple men in this house that are gonna be
0: preaching. Oh come on. he God. gone yeah. go, okay. So you got a sermon for next week? Let's or? go. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> love I love you, man. Go, man. I love you too. Man. I love you. Love you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. All right. Amen. Well, look at this. Just barely after twelve. Come on. Come on. That's good. That's good. Let's pray and then uh, oh go ahead, Mike. Close Oh
1: yeah, man. I just I just want to kind of give a testimony of how good God is. It's a little thing and, and this is sometimes you, you, you have services like this that don't go according to plan, but I think at this church this is the plan to follow God, amen. And I'm forever thankful because you think about Jacob and dude, like that experience that he had with God changed his life. It wasn't a sermon. And we love Pastor Matt's sermon. I sometimes go back and like listen to it again. I take notes. Me and my family, especially with, you know, kids, I'm like, y'all better listen because tonight or whenever, sometime this week, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what we learned. You know, we're not just going to come and and just zone out. But I want to give a quick testimony. Earlier today, Xander came up here and the Holy Spirit just said, why don't you pray for your son? And I was like, okay, what do you mean, pray with you about? And he's like, well, I'll tell you when you start praying for him. So as I started to pray for him, the Lord showed me just a sliver of pie, you know, and, and it, it was symbolic to something that we talked about. It was pretty cool. But for all those that out here just kind of watching and be like, like, oh, this is a lot going on up here. Within 60 seconds, Emily came up and she said, she said, you're not satisfied with a sliver of pie, like pumpkin pie. And Xander's like, did you say pumpkin pie? I said, no, I just said a sliver of pie. He said, man, when you said a sliver of pie, I thought of pumpkin pie. And he just said, it hits different when, when you know, it's daddy praying for you. But then, then Emily gets up here and within 60 seconds of me saying that to my son, she says the same thing from the pulpit. So if you're just out there and you're watching this whole thing and there's like, man, there's a lot going on. I'm just saying there's, there's moments like that that are happening that, that mean a lot to the people that are up here getting them and i know it means a lot to you too as you're as you're watching and just praying And uh, I just want to give glory to God. Because I know sometimes you go to these services, you're like, well, I didn't get much of a sermon. But even though Matt's 15 minutes right there was like, was so good, I'm like, I'm still chewing on it. You know, I'm like, golly, it's so good. So I just want to give a testament because I know sometimes services don't look the same, but God is moving. Even in the small things, even in my son's life, using, you know, Emily to to give a word. And sometimes you may think, well, I wonder if she's, she's right on, amen. He's right on and I will follow these guys forever, as long as God lets me. Amen. So let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for today's service. God, just thank you for just letting this house be your house. Thank you for breaking in. But Lord, we just open the doors and say, we don't ever want you to leave. God, we need you more today than ever before. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for just meeting with us, for speaking to us, for just ministering to us. Thank you for the leadership that's willing to say, God, we want you and what you want for this service way more than our own agenda. God, thank you for coming in here today. Lord, I pray for the rest of this week that you will just lead and guide us, that you would show us where we need to go, what we need to do, what we need to say. Help us to lead our families. We love you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all don't forget the.